0: you become part of a bigger universe.
1: I'm in the middle of an interrogation. This moron is giving me everything.
2: Don't
0: say it! Don't you say it! I left!
3: Come on! He may have been your father, boy, but he wasn't your daddy. The off, ghost! He's freaking gone.
1: You guys know I can move things with my mind, right?
3: I will tase you and watch Super Nanny while you drool into the carpet. I thought he'd be taller. Forever! Assemble.
0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Assembly Required, the podcast where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I'm your host, Oranges. I am so excited to be back this week. We've got such a cool show. Um, before we get started, I want to introduce our co-hosts. As you know, we've got a special guest today, too, so this is going to be really fun. As always, we've got... The Auditory Dame herself, Angela. Hi, Angela.
3: Hello. How you doing? Doing great. Happy <laughs> to be back on yet another episode.
0: We've got the writer of All Things Assembly Required, Danny. That's me. What up? What up, How's Danny? It going, Orange? Uh, you know. Another day, uh, another MCU thing to to talk about it. They just keep pumping them out, man. New show. I know, it's great. Very exciting. It's like we're never going to be shy of content except for last week where we were shy of content. I'm so sorry, listeners. Don't get but out. we'll make it up to you. We have a really special guest on today, um, and this is a great segue into another thing. So Patron Bob from our Patreon account is joining us to talk about What If. Patron Bob, what is up, dude? Hey, guys, I am...
2: Just so excited to be here! I got an introduction from the Oranges himself. Like I'm sitting here looking at the auditory dame, uh, and and I mean the the person that writes all this. I just uh, just really really stoked to be here. I can't believe I've been listening to this since I know you folks originally came up with the idea. I've been listening to it ever since. So I, getting to be on the episode is so cool.
0: What? Uh... What level of patronage do you have patron Bob? I'm just, I, it's rusty to me.
2: Well, I am, uh, I am an Avenger level patron.
0: Oh, hell yeah. Hey, if you want to be an Avenger level patron, head on over to assembly required. Nope. Back that up. Patreon.com slash assembly required of all the things to mess up just now. Patreon.com slash assembly required. We are so grateful that we have y'all listening to the podcast. Your support means a lot to us. But if you want to take that support to the next level, head on over to that site. You can join us on our Discord. We talk about all kinds of random stuff. Marvel Universe, board game universe. Uh, We share memes like all pals do. You know, so join us. Join us over there. Um, But the meat of the show. What's up? Who is that? I just want to... Patreon.com slash assembly
1: required. This is my livelihood. I just want to make sure that we're getting that clean. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the money.
0: Help old Danny out, will you? Please. He's, Please. he's, he's living him. off of, off of the it. wages.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Danny, I can't imagine that writing actually even takes that long. Seems like kind of the stooge work.
0: Ugh. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah.
2: I, didn't do it. I, I feel like it's
0: underappreciated. Ah, seems easy.
3: Try editing all day, sheesh.
0: Patron Bob coming out swinging. You gotta check yourself, Patron. Do you want me to call you Bob or Patron or or (laughs) Patron Bob? I prefer the
2: full name, Patron Bob.
0: Patron Bob. Okay, I'll try to remember. I'll try so hard to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're gonna talk about what if the very first episode of What If? What if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? Uh, Do we have proper
2: English? Shouldn't it be what if Captain Carter was the first Avenger?
0: What if it were Captain Let's Carter? We are <laughs> the first Avenger.
2: Oh yeah, that's it.
0: Do we do we know who uh, wrote and directed this one? Oh, I don't. Uh, but if you keep talking, okay, I, I'll look it up. I do a quick little googly. Yeah,
1: please, patron Bob, you are our guest. You don't need to look this up. <laughs>
0: um, well, while you look it up, I'm going to do that. Uh, right while, now. while you look it up, I'll jump in. Uh, so the episode starts with the Watcher. Uh, the Watcher being like the celestial body in the sky, telling us that space and time are a prism with multiple personalities. And he's going to be our guide through the story of one such alternate possibility. I find the... Now, we already... I didn't even put this in the notes, so I'm already going rogue. I'm so sorry. I find it interesting that the Watcher has kind of presented the beginning this way, because we had kind of speculated that because of the events of Loki at the end, that this was going to be like real things that are happening in our MCU, but in different timelines. It's not just going to be stories. It's like these things could actually be happening. And so I'm curious if we end up getting Watcher story that is not just narration. That's really all I wanted to add there. I'd
3: be interested in that. I think we will, because at I mean, I'll have to say the thing. We'll get to it eventually, but... (laughs) At the end, he says a thing about um, that he will never interfere. But I think the fact that they make a point of him saying I'm never going to interfere means he's totally going to interfere.
0: The way you said that reminded me of that meme where the guy's like, well, that was a fucking lie.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I also
2: thought I got really excited over them using the watcher. That's the perfect, perfect choice of narrator for this. And it was just cool seeing the watcher. I was also really interested, uh, sometimes I know on the show y'all talk about how the people that aren't really invested in Marvel, um, and especially the stuff outside of the MCU, um, if they ever recognize any of these references, and I'll tell you, my wife, patron Bobette, she was just sitting there, and she, like, got all excited, she's like, oh, the Watcher, They're, they were in, they were in that one scene in, uh, Guardians 2, and, and I go, yeah, and then I explained what the Watcher is, but, um. Uh, so, even so, she even recognized it, and she's not as invested in, you know, sort
0: of the source material as you guys are.
3: Shout out to patron Bobette.
1: We
2: love
0: patron no, Bobette. No, patron Thanks Bobette is amazing. It's really nice to have the perspective of people like Bobette who, Bobette. you know, aren't as invested as us. So, that is good and did not break me.
1: I do have the information here. Uh, episode was directed by Brian Andrews, who actually has. Previously worked in the MCU as a storyboard artist for um, quite a lot of the films. I'm not even going to list them Mm, all. Interesting. Uh, Head writer was A. C. Bradley, uh, who, as far as I can tell, doesn't have any former uh, MCU uh, experience, but has worked on Arrow and uh, Troll Hunters, the TV series on Netflix.
0: Is that an Uh, abbreviation, or the name is like A. C. E. Y. Like air conditioning for
1: Ashley? Ashley. Yeah, it could be. It is a dot C dot. No, no, no,
2: it is. I have it open. It's Ashley. Oh, Assassin's oh it is Creed. Ashley
1: Bradley. I do see that. Yeah. Too.
2: Yeah. It's Ashley. C. Oh yeah. You're right. Assassin's Creed, but I think it's Ashley. Assassin's Ashley. Creed Bradley. Ashley <laughs> Creed. So it's Creed the, uh, Creed the band, not Creed the motto.
0: Right. With our arms wide open. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Beautiful. We're back on track. We're back on track. So the watcher takes us back to the 1943 experiments in which we were going to turn Steve Rogers into Captain America. Oh, sorry. Uh, but in... I just real quick, I really liked this whole
1: intro. Uh, it reminded me of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Kind of like establishing the concept of the series and then taking us into this episode, setting the scene there. So I, it definitely was giving me Twilight Zone vibes.
0: I like that comparison. And I wonder, Thank too, you. because we know we have um, zombies coming up. Like, I wonder if some of them will have that more, like, sci-fi creepy vibe that the twilight zone has maybe they'll uh talk about the
1: guardians breaking out of a um having
0: a mission of breaking out of something listen if they do that we're all going to california I, okay. this is a i'm laying down the law we're going i'd say even if they don't let's go yes. okay i agree Um, So in this version of the reality, Peggy Carter declines to view the experiment from above in a booth and instead is going to watch it from the level of the experiment, which is, you know, like the ground floor. Just one small difference that the watcher tells us is the choice that creates this timeline's ripple effect. The German saboteur, who also watches from below this time, saboteur, I don't know how to say that. Listen, that's one of those words. that's one of those words you read a lot and if you don't say it out loud I Mm -hmm. just sound silly that's that's my thing I guess he's watching from below this time too and instead of waiting for the transformation to occur to trigger his explosion he he does it before it happens patron Bob has a a hot and fast question about this already why 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 it occurred in this order from the Peggy change
2: I got kind of stuck on that, and I don't know if the three of you can um, set me straight, but so I, I was all in on the change here is Peggy stays downstairs, but it still, still should have progressed as normal, unless the real change was the German saboteur setting off the explosion before the experiment, and I don't know why that happened, and then that doesn't make Peggy staying downstairs the change. That makes the sequence of events for the sabotage changing. Why was he downstairs? Why did he set it off beforehand? Like in the movie, it feels like, and I even went back and watched it. I thought maybe I was insane and went back and watched that scene from um, Captain America, the first Avenger to see. And what happens is he waits and now it's a success. Now that we know the formula works, now I'm going to blow everything up and kill Erskine and take the uh, formula. And that's not what happens here. He blows it up before they even have a chance to test it. And I guess I don't know why that happened. Why did that change? The show doesn't even address that that's a change. Uh, but that's that's what's really big. So I guess I, I don't understand why this was the change. And maybe I'm missing something. Um, honestly, it just feels like an oversight. It kind of just feels like the show was written either where they forgot what actually happened in the movie or... They just felt like it wasn't important and just did their own thing. And the change isn't.
0: It would be weird to forget though. Right. Because they have the source material right there.
3: There's no way they forgot because you've got scenes in this episode that are shot for shot, exactly like the film. So they definitely were watching the film probably many times before um, animating this episode and, and writing the script and everything. So I think it was just a choice that they were like, what, what small change can we make? And and we want it to be Peggy's choice that mm-hmm. leads to her becoming Captain Carter rather than the choice of the mm-hmm. uh, the Nazi to mm-hmm. trigger his explosion like beforehand, I think. They wanted it to be her having agency and her choosing, and that's what leads to it. So I understand that decision. It's definitely a creative license that they're taking. It's just weird that, like, especially with MCU fans being the way that they are, very, like, We kind of pay attention to every little detail. We Mm -hmm. all have watched the movies many times. We would go back and reference, you know, to make sure that we're understanding correctly. And, you know, so they had to have known all the fans were going to be like, wait a minute. (laughs) Probably not, you know, casual fans, probably not. And kids, probably not. But people like us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I have two things on that. The first is, and I know I literally just, you know, said to our audience, why this change happened in the timeline. I kind of took it the way that um, that the Watcher was narrating, that the moment that the timeline tweaked was the smile that they shared. The smile that Peggy and, and Steve shared. Like the little yeah. flirty, like, no, I'm going to stay down here with you. Like, that's what I thought was it. I think More so than little, her being like, down there.
1: I think there was even a little, like, ding.
0: Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. sound effect. I noticed that. I which know, which doesn't like, answer... Yeah, it doesn't answer your question, because that also would lead to you saying the same thing. Why did a flirty smile between two people cause the German guy to stay downstairs? I don't know.
3: The only thing I could think of was that her staying kind of made the rest of the group go, oh, yeah, you know, well, let's stay down here.
2: Yeah, and, and okay, and... so that makes sense. But that is just kind of the one, the first of
0: two questions, oh, the other one being, why did he do it? Why did he blow it up before? The- did, he did he follow be- her upstairs when she went upstairs in Captain America?
3: I don't think so. I thought she was one of the last to like go upstairs. That's, that's
0: what. Maybe he was hanging out up there already. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. I think Angela's yeah. correct. So that was my my other thing that I was going to ask was: Did anybody? I, I watched this episode twice. I usually watch each episode twice, maybe three times before we record. Did anybody also watch Captain America? Because I. I wanted to go back and rewatch Captain America because this is like a unique experience we're going to have with What If where we're going to need to remember all those finer details to know how they're different. I just Mm -hmm. didn't end up having time to watch it. I didn't, but I did
2: watch this scene.
0: Okay. Well, that was a lot of things for me to say for no payoff, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably still end up watching it just because it's a fun movie. Yeah, it is a good movie. I'd like to see the differences still. So, Yeah, no, good question. Um, Thanks, Bob. I think I think we'll find that some other things in this episode are maybe like a that's an interesting choice that they did that based on this one small tweaking. And uh, we'll we'll get to that when we get to it. Look, oh, I know. Did it. Yeah, we both did it. Uh, Auditory Dame. Wow. <laughs> we're in the same boat. Um, so we already talked about this, but this time Peggy does shoot the German bad guy but not before he injures Steve Rogers. Poor guy.
1: He also RIP to uh, Colonel Phillips.
0: Oh yeah. Uh Tommy Lee Jones, do you think they even bothered asking Tommy Lee Jones if he wanted <laughs> to do this? I feel um, like they they probably knew he was That sounds expensive.
3: Say
0: no. <laughs> was the I I couldn't place the voice, but who was the like sexist general replacement man? Bradley
3: manager? Whitford. Yes. Yeah. Is he Why is that name familiar? You've um, absolutely
0: is one he in shot. Cabin in the Woods? Is he one of the yeah, like yes, technician guys? Yes, right. yes, he is. That's who I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's
3: also on the West Wing. Yes.
0: He plays a good douchebag.
2: Despite the fact that I've seen a million things with him in and have only seen a few episodes of the West Wing, the first thing I think of him being in is the West Wing. I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> hmm.
1: um, but yeah, like Angela said, he was in the Peggy Carter one shot. So he was an MCU character already that came back for this. Oh that's cool I didn't know that
3: yeah, it's Should weird that, that they chose to put him in the room when he was never there. In... <laughs> he he was,
0: was just off screen the whole time yeah <laughs> so many things changed in this this one little this one little flirty smile
3: no
2: oranges <laughs> no oranges. the watcher said just one thing changed.
0: <laughs> you're right no you're right you're right there was always a hydra stomper uh, as Dr. Erskine and Howard Stark's transformation machine starts to lose power. Peggy jumps in herself and undergoes the injection of super soldier serum, becoming a peak human herself instead of Rogers. Good for her. I. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah. No, like she she handled it. She was like, yeah, no, like I'm going it. in there. I like that she handled it, and I liked that Howard was totally on board. He was like, yeah, girl, get in there.
1: Yeah, he wanted I'll to pull push the... a button. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: though the experiment is a success, the U.S. military treats it like a failure since Peggy is. I'm doing air quotes, a girl and can't fight on the front lines. Shut up, U.S. <laughs> military. Rather than the propaganda campaign Steve was put through, though, Peggy is kept from using any of her abilities at all and just continues working as an intelligence agent, which, man, this I'm reading this and I'm getting mad again. Uh, said, when-
2: <laughs> while it's obnoxious, while she got there, I think that's the really interesting crux of how things change in this is... The core change in here, and on top of Peggy being the peak human now, is that because she isn't brought along on the tours like Steve Rogers is, she's actually able to just jump into the fray earlier than he
0: is in um, First Avenger. Mm -hmm. That is true, yeah. She jumps
2: in so early, they get the Tesseract.
0: Uh, Rather, I read that already. Spies become aware of HYDRA and their theft of the Tesseract, so she and Howard Stark decide to do something about it themselves. Stark gives her a costume with a Union dra- Union Jack spread across the front and a Vibranium shield to match. So she ambushes a Hydra caravan outside of Berlin and single-handedly takes out every Nazi soldier and has a lot of, like, fun quips and, like... It's a uh, fun scene. ...fighting moves. Oh, yeah, yeah I really Watching her liked just it. really
2: enjoying it, like, you know... A kid in a schoolyard is really enjoyable.
0: I like, like, I, for for whatever reason, I really liked the line where she was like, "Are you seeing this? Like, there's <laughs> yeah. no one else there. <laughs> Who are you talking to?" But the she's just her. so jazzed that she's kicking so much ass that she's like, mm-hmm. "Somebody, please record this." <laughs> <laughs> did they have recording back then? I don't know. They I don't keep track of these yes. things. Um, <laughs> that's why there's video of Hitler. Oh, just, you know, we'll edit that out. I'm dumber than you might think I am. Uh, Before capturing Arnim Zola and delivering the Tesseract to the U.S. Army, Stark works on a way to include Rogers in the war effort when Steve finds out that Bucky Barnes' unit was captured and Peggy decides to help him. This is the thing I was referring to earlier, but I see that writer Danny would like to... Talk about the animation. So we're gonna take a pause here. I wanna know what you feel about the animation. Cause we sort of before this, listeners, you don't know, we kind of talked about how uh we might have some disagreements on the animation and maybe the voice acting. So I wanna know I wanna know what you're thinking, man. Yeah, let's just put this all on the table. <laughs> so I, I I like the animation,
1: uh, especially in the action scenes like we just talked about watching Peggy just whoop on those Nazis. Uh it was so well done, so fluid. Um, I think what they're trying to go for with this style. I haven't really like read to see if they like commented on this anywhere, but it seems to me like they're trying to find like a balance between comic book style and matching the realism of the M- MCU. There's a lot of like animated series. Um, Marvel isn't too well known, uh, at least lately. Obviously, the '90s with X Men and Spider Man. Spider-Man, there's only one at that time. Um, you know, th- those were pretty well regarded, but lately they haven't really done much, especially compared to DC. But uh, I think this is their first like foray, it, well, obviously with MCU animation. Uh, so I think they wanted to, speci- specifically with this series, where it's so heavily tied into the movies we know already, they wanted to keep that a pretty consistent, um so you know they went with the cell shaded type uh realistic models and stuff um and i think it works with what for what they're trying to do some of it's a little like facial animations kind of yeah at a few points uh lots of dreamworks faces the like eyebrow raised little smirk <laughs> i've that a few times Shrek confirmed but, you know in that's this <laughs> it's that's pretty consistent with i think all animation at this point but um I don't know. I think it especially shines in the action scenes. What did you all think about it?
3: Um, I my reaction was just sort of this is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't wowed by it. It serves its purpose. I, I don't know. I wish they had done something a little more interesting with it, you know. I I keep comparing it to into the spider-verse, which maybe isn't fair because of how great into the spider-verse is, mm-hmm. but that's the example I can think of where they've taken this animation but they've melt you know put it together with like the look of a comic book and you can see the texture and the you know the way that a comic book the art looks in the book they somehow put that into the animation and like I'm not really well versed enough in animation to be able to describe it but um it was just so good it was so stunning and and I wish maybe they thought that they would have been copying Sony too much to try to go for that and do that too. But I wish they had gone for something like that to make it a little more comic booky, y mm-hmm. um, or I don't know, just giving it a more unique art style in general. Cause it does, I feel like it goes really far in the direction of just trying to look realistic to the movies. I didn't care for the animation of, this sounds really harsh, but Peggy's face. <laughs> I don't know. No, I There's agree. just nothing about it that said to me, Hayley Atwell. Like, mm-hmm. it just didn't really look like her, mm-hmm. and that was kind of disappointing. So,
2: I, I That last point, I, I mentioned I rewatched that scene from um, the film from Captain mm-hmm. America, and I didn't really think about it much until I watched Haley Atwell, and I'm like, wait, that looks like a different character than the one <laughs> yeah. I just watched in the cartoon a minute ago. Uh, and, and I think my thoughts are the same as pretty much y'all's. It's fine i don't i i know there was apparently um uh in the background with some of you guys uh i i guess you know someone that was stunned that your reaction was just fine um and and that's that's interesting to me because to me it was just fine it was serviceable it was kind of off putting to me at first like the first few scenes i'm like i don't think i like this it's not going to stop me from watching it but i don't like this animation what got me to like it more was the action scenes it handles action really really well so the action sequences are very fluid very dynamic um Mm -hmm. interesting great kinetics going on and given that the series is probably going to have to have a lot of action maybe they made a good choice around that Uh, i am with i I am with the uh, auditory dame on wishing maybe they had done something a little more interesting but the action scenes kind of bought me over but i still don't think it's great but that's fine I think the theme I'm going to have for a lot of stuff in this episode and probably the show is it's fine. And I'll probably reiterate this towards the end. Things being fine is okay. I don't when with as much MCU as we have, I'm not really going to expect every little piece of extra MCU media I'm given to be top notch, be the highest production value, the highest quality of acting, uh, depth of storytelling, everything. I I enjoy extra MCU stuff, even if it's not the highest uh, production. Um, and I think that's going to be kind of the theme of this where I enjoyed it, even though also my reaction is it's fine. You're such an understanding patron. Bob.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I think I meet you guys. I, I don't think I can meet you guys on this. I don't, I'm not at the same level of the mutual friend that some of you know, that said it was like show stopping or whatever. I, like- I wouldn't take it that far for me. I, I don't know. I, I agree with a lot of the things that Angela said, but I think I had a positive reaction to it because it did also remind me of Into the Spider-Verse, but it also kind of reminded me of, um, like, you take those face mashups and you get something in the middle where Spider-Verse is on one side and the other side is um, the uh, the ultimate uh, Spider-Man and uh, X-Men Legends games. Um, mm. What's the one that recently came out that we played for, like, five uh, minutes? Ultimate Alliance. Ultimate Alliance, yeah, like it had like the Ultimate Alliance feel, like some mashup between those, and I think maybe that's why I ended up feeling more positive on it. Like I don't think it's going to win any awards. It's not the best animation I've ever seen, but I like that it's unique to this story. Uh, it's not something that we've exactly seen done on another medium, or at least something I I haven't seen done in animation yet. I don't know. I don't. I agree with the action stuff. I think that was good. I think most of the characters looked like their versions, but. As I said earlier, I did not have a chance to go back and watch Captain America, so maybe I am misremembering what some of these people look like. That is absolutely possible. What do you? What are we thinking about the voice acting? I I, I like the smirks that just happened. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Uh, do, do you want me to go first? Do you want me to go Try last? Or oranges. You, you, <laughs> I see. I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter. I keep saying that I don't like pay attention to the internet, but I find that as I've like as we've done more podcast episodes. I have just been curious more and more about what the the internet thinks, and I say internet, but I mostly mean Twitter because I hate myself. Um, <laughs> like, I, f- I just found so many people on Twitter like bashing specifically Sebastian Stan, <laughs> sebashing <laughs> Sebastian Stan um, <laughs> for his performance, and like I also saw a lot of people saying that like the only performance they thought was voiced well was Peggy's, uh, Haley Atwell's part, and I was just like. I can't... The only thing I can find on my second watch, because I was really listening for the voice acting, like to try to hear the things they were talking about, the only things that I could pick out with Sebastian Stan that I didn't like, where I think maybe he had a, a couple too many quips, like that didn't seem very Bucky of him to say certain things. Yeah. But I didn't think it had anything to do with Sebastian Stan's voice work. I thought it just didn't feel like Bucky's character to like when when they're fighting the hydra at the end and he goes who ordered the calamari like that does not sound (laughs) like something the eventual winter soldier would say you know like but what do you guys think because i i just don't i don't see where the problem is
3: i think there's a few things to blame here like i i was one i was debating talking about the writing in this show because to me the writing felt very it made it feel like more of a Kids' cartoon than like a cartoon for
2: and then they shoot people. Like, I, I
3: like it just didn't feel like so that so the writing then didn't really feel like Mm -hmm. MCU writing, it didn't Mm -hmm. feel like the characters that we've come to like learn so much about, especially Bucky, who we've learned a lot about recently in his own show. I mean, granted, Bucky in the 1940s is a very different Bucky than Bucky of today but um you know who's been through some shit he's a young buck (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean even in the first Captain America movie Bucky was not quippy like that like you said so it all just felt very silly and I almost wonder if Sebastian Stan didn't quite know what to do with those lines um because he just the way he sounds if I'm honest like he sounds a little like they gave him no context at all. And they were like, just say these lines. It'll be great. <laughs> and he just kind of threw them out. And the other thing So am I is... eating
0: the calamari or what? <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, the other thing too is like my, my dad, like his career was that he did a lot of voiceover stuff for um, like commercials and radio and all kinds of things. So like, I feel very protective of, like voiceover acting as an art like I kind of think it's its own type of acting it's its own thing and when you bring in these actors who for the most part their careers are you know on screen acting or stage acting or whatever like they kind of have to on the spot figure out how to be a voice actor and it's a different skill and not all of them can do it. You know, that's why it's annoying that so many movies that have come out of, you know, DreamWorks and Pixar and whatever out of the last 20 years have been just stacked with celebrities because right. they want to sell tickets. And right. and these, you know, the real voice actors out there who this is their craft, like they're not mm-hmm. getting that work. And that's so frustrating. But yeah, I just, sorry, I just went off on a tangent. Um, but so well, that's why... that's why i feel like you know not all actors are good at voice acting and that's just kind of how it goes and i mean sebastian stan was fine and like it was nice to hear his voice and not someone trying to copy his voice but i also thought it wasn't great
1: (laughs) uh sebastian stan we know you're listening we love you we don't mean any offense (laughs) by your sebastian
3: stans
1: Um I wanted to throw in there like you said um so with uh Josh Keaton did the voice of Steve Rogers mm-hmm. uh credited specifically as skinny Steve Rogers um which is kind of funny um skinny But uh, yeah Steve. he was He's a professional voice actor. He's if you look at his IMDb he's got like nearly 300 credits for like voice acting. So I mean he uh I feel like he was noticeable as like a professional,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah. I, yeah, I he's think
2: the one I think did the best job.
1: Yeah, which is, I mean, understandable when you uh, consider. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Angela. It's nice to see voice actors getting recognition. So it was cool, like with Loki, Tara Strong as Miss Yes, because yes. I mean, she's she's a great voice actor. She's a
3: queen of voice acting.
1: So that was it. Was cool to see her name in the credits for that. To your point about the writing, I think one of my issues with this episode and. I guess we'll see how it unfolds through the series, but they're trying to condense a two hour movie into a 30 minute episode. Uh, <laughs> so the pacing seemed all over the place. And one of my first thoughts as I was watching it the first time was, especially in a few scenes, it just seemed like they're like shooting line after line out and just like kind of hard to keep up sometimes. Um, so I think there is a few factors script mm-hmm. um, acting that it just kind of made it seem a little rushed. But, um, you know, so f- for the actors that aren't, you know, typical voice actors that aren't, you know, used to that, it um, seemed like sometimes maybe the deck was stacked against them uh, yeah. so that they weren't given a, a good chance to, you know, give a great performance.
2: Yeah, I, I think... I think Lady Sound covered very well all the reasons for it.
1: Patron Bob comes <laughs> onto our show and starts coming up with his own nicknames. I'm Who does sorry. he think he yeah. is? I'm what is this?
2: A, we got to make a new
1: tier. $20 a month, you can start giving us nicknames. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Auditory Dame did a fantastic job covering all the reasons, I think. Uh, the, the writing, it feels like it doesn't know what it means to be. And I don't think it would stand out so poorly if it weren't for the fact that this is supposed to be an animated recreation of a movie we've seen. But it doesn't end up feeling like that movie. It feels like a really uh, campy, child oriented cartoon that then also yes. has a whole lot of violence. Um, and then. <laughs> to be and,
0: fair, the violence is not, and not that Captain America was, but the violence is not like gory violence. Like no, cartoons have had bloodless. some violence in them for a long time. But no, like. But- Right in the beginning when Steve gets shot, there's, like, no blood. You don't see it or anything. It's just he falls over.
2: Sure. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's, like, ultra-violent. Like, it's
0: not Doom. Yeah. but No, I know. <laughs> I'm not saying that you're saying that.
2: There is a whole lot more, like, gunplay and death than I would expect from the tone of the cartoon otherwise. Um, and I, I think that's just really not quite being sure how they want to handle it. Um, and then I think that sets up the voice actors for failure. And then also, they are not professional voice actors. So it all just comes off really kind of campy to me and not – I don't need them to take it too seriously, but it feels like they're taking it not seriously enough, which is a weird thing to say. Um, I don't know if any of y'all remember. There used to be a guy that would pop up on the internet, uh, and he was an actual credentialed um, reporter. But he – it was this dude, this character called 1920s sports reporter. And he would go Mm. to press conferences and interview uh, athletes pretending to be a uh, fast-talking, over-the-top 1920s reporter, like, champ, champ, wait over there you were the bee's knees and you were and that's what how it felt like this delivery was it's fast and weird and um zingy and it just i didn't love it i didn't think it was written well or delivered particularly well except for i think steve rogers was fine and and again it's not the worst the show is still fine just like we said about the animation but i did not i definitely found myself being taken out of the show by "Eh, i don't like this voice acting
0: I specifically liked your usage of the phrase, the bee's knees for uh, extremely personal reasons. (laughs) I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see because, um, you know, as we know, what if, well, I guess we don't know. How many episodes of this show are there going to be? Do we know that? Is it in the like nines? Eight, nine? Yeah. Uh, I think it's eight. Because I guess there's a chance we can see some of these characters again, but I guess we'll have to wait and see when we get these other stories, how well those people... Right. Do with voice acting and how how well the the stories are written and rewritten and that sort of thing because it's going to be tough to I feel like these episodes have the potential the way we're going to feel about them to just be all over the place we're like for the most part we all felt pretty positive about every Loki episode and we felt pretty blah about every Falcon in the Winter <laughs> Soldier episode these could be everywhere mm-hmm. on the spectrum you know
3: it's weird too like I. I just thought of this, that, um, I think the feel of this, what if episode, it reminds me of, I don't know if you guys have seen the little star Wars shorts, the forces of destiny shorts.
2: Yeah. I thought about
1: those a lot. It kind of
3: reminded me of that. Mm -hmm. And those shorts, they're cute, but like, they don't feel like star Wars and it feels very like made for kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when I watch Clone Wars or the Bad Batch, um, or Rebels, um, especially like later on episodes of Rebels, not as much the beginning, but like those feel like Star Wars, they're animation, but they feel like Star Wars. The stakes feel the same. It just, the writing feels the same. Like it's, it feels right. Mm-hmm. But the Forces of Destiny feels like Star Wars light <laughs> for for the children. Yeah. And that's sort children. of what this felt like to me. Wrong
2: show. Sorry. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with that. Also, by the way, nine episodes. And in looking up the end to that, I now know the plot of most of those episodes.
3: Oh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. <laughs>
3: what? How?
2: It's just out there. IMDB has the plot summary of every episode. I've IMDB, you're not three. supposed
1: to do this. Uh, I also just looked at them and the description of three the phrasing is kind of funny
0: to me. Yeah, it I is say it. <laughs> I am so sorry that I brought this up now I feel bad
3: more like IMD, I done. I, I will
0: say I don't care
2: that much because I I'm going to watch this and I am going to probably enjoy it. but I'm not like super invested into into this show in such a way that I need to not know anything going in. Yeah, like, I know this is
1: like technically yeah. MCU canon, but it's very like right. adjacent. Yes, less mm-hmm. like lower stakes.
0: It's, it's. I, I think it's gonna feel kind of a relief in a way to not have to worry about like, all right, this thing happened in this episode. Now I have to wait for next week. Like, no, you don't. It'll be a. It'll be a story you kind of already know next week, and it'll be a retelling. You don't have to. Well, what's gonna happen to, you know, Carly? I don't know. Who cares. <laughs> rip carly wait I why forgot did you her just name? talk about her feelings
1: smash. of falcon and their soldier
0: i don't know I nobody cares I, I keep <laughs> i keep mixing these shows i'm legally not supposed to all right let's get back into this so where were we we were in germany oh you know what no i don't want to jump back into this yet because <laughs> hang on because this is that hidden point that i said that i would bring up i am also confused about the, wait is this somebody's point I don't want to take this. It might be patron. Oh, moms. like how I took. A I point. don't have
2: any more. I ran out of points already.
0: Somebody say this already. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a quick browse. Eyebrows. <laughs> Orange <laughs> brows. Okay. I also okay. You found it weird that the German man was in the the mm-hmm. floor on the floor. I found it weird. <laughs> he was was part of the floor that is pretty weird (laughs) it's like an episode of it's like the scene from jumanji it turned into quicksand i yeah i I don't know why howard stark decided to make uh he decided to use the tesseract to make an iron man suit that was what felt weird to me and obviously we didn't call it iron man but Mm -hmm. part of this story now involves steve who has been shot Turning into the Hydra stomper, which is now, I guess, version one, like Mark one of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. That's that's the part where, like, how did we get here? And I know, like, some some angry listener is going to be like, "It's the ripple effect, bro. That's how it. that's do- how it works. That's how we do ripple effects. Things right, happen." Wow. Okay. But what yeah, about the Tesseract? Made now that not, right.
1: Now I'm going to feel like a jerk.
0: <laughs> no, you can be a jerk. No, no, I don't want to be a jerk. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I guess maybe Howard Stark felt bad for him because he was going to be a super soldier and Hey, well, I know you're really passionate about helping. Here's something that you can do to help.
1: Yeah. Here, let me, let me give it a a defense. So, so you have this Howard Stark, who is uh, obviously an inventor. Um, He developed the super soldier like technology. Um, to to originally make Steve Rogers Captain America, obviously made Peggy Carter Captain Carter. In this, so he gets the Tesseract, which he didn't get at any point in the uh, Prime Universe. I guess we can refer to it as that. Uh, as far as I remember, I he, don't think he ever. Um. Not by I this think point, he, right? He
3: got some some of the Tesseract's like energy or something from one of the Hydra weapons, and like he okay. was experimenting on it, and he made like two. Things like touch together on the, the energy. I don't know how to describe it. And it like blew I like up. your
0: your visualization. So, <laughs> sorry,
3: <laughs> he was experimenting on it and caused like an explosion. And there's a scene of him with like he's all like you know he's got soot on his face yeah, and his hair is crazy. And he goes write that down. Explosion. Yeah, that classic, was in a
1: movie. Wacky inventor. Yeah. Uh, so now he and so instead of getting just a taste of it, he gets the full chorus here. Um, of the Tesseract. So, of course, he's going to do something with it. And why not, um, you know, instead of, I guess we'll get to this a little bit later, how in the original movie, uh, Hydra developed these weapons using the Tesseract. He kind of does the same thing, but just all in one big mech, Um, which I did like how uh, when Hydra Stomper comes down, starts zapping with like the Tesseract blasts. Uh, Yeah, it looked cool. Yeah, the mech is Um, cool.
2: I, I paused to talk about how cool it was while I'm watching. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, Oh, my God. It is a Mark One Iron Man suit being piloted by Steve Rogers, being built by Howard Stark, powered by the Tesseract.
0: It's a cool moment. Yeah, but, and, yeah. and I'm not over here saying that the suit is lame. I'm just, that is my, yeah. like, how what, did what we I was, get here?
1: What I was getting to is, uh, so, I mean, Steve Rogers was going to be, you know, this, he was going to become the super soldier. And obviously, it didn't work out because he got shot. But, you know, he still had the right... You know, everything, if you had the checklist of what you're looking for, he still met all of that. Uh, And instead of making him a superhuman, why not give him a big suit of armor that he can use and still use his intelligence and uh, bravery and um, good-heartedness to, you know, make him an effective soldier on the field. It's a good defense.
3: I found it interesting that Howard, in this episode... I guess, took a liking to Steve, skinny Steve enough to make him this suit and everything. And when I thought, at least in the movie, and maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought he didn't really give much of a flip about (laughs) Steve. If anything, maybe saw him as competition with, you know, Peggy or something.
0: Oh, right. Because wasn't he like a little flirty with her?
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. the cheese and bread. Mm -hmm. Do do
0: you fondue? Hmm okay yeah i I wish i would have watched it y'all yeah I feel clearly like we should have watched it <laughs> i missed the mark there i'm not gonna miss the next one i don't know what the next episode is but i will watch whatever that movie is okay i mean fair points i just that's that's the thing i got hung up on
2: fair points but i'm still with you i just feel like the tesseract was a, for this to have been what caused it the tesseract would have been the barrier for the iron man suit not having been invented until tony stark is stuck in the desert in a cave in a cave with a <laughs> box so, of scraps it's not questionable <laughs> enough to me to take me out of the show but it is questionable enough for me to agree with you and want to overanalyze it when we are mm-hmm. sitting on a show where we overanalyze these things
0: i'm sorry the way that you said take me out i thought you were about to start singing <laughs> yeah. i really thought you would take me out to the bar <laughs>
2: Um, Don't ask. I don't. It's a bag of cash. No, no, no. no, I, I agree. I, but, um, but. All right. I, I guess. Yeah, I see your point, and I'm, I'm. I think I have the same questions as
0: well. I promise. I'm really getting back into this now. We're going to Germany. Everyone, get in the car. We're at Germany now. Wow, that was fast. Peggy is breaking into the Hydra Hydra facility, uh, which is holding Barnes and his company captive and she rescues them um when they're pinned down by tanks though that is when iron man steve Stomper <laughs> arrives <laughs> in stark's newest creation uh which as we described the it's it's a big iron man suit it looks kind of like the one that tony built in the cave a little bit but it's got a big old tesseract in it uh, lo- a lot like mark one so between he and captain carter with her powers they pretty much effortlessly just beat all their enemies, like a video game where they're all level 100 and they decide we're going to go to the low-level zone and just for fun, just murder everybody. I did all the side quests,
2: and now I'm going back (laughs) to the story.
0: And then over a nice montage set to swing music, we watch the two of them become uh, pals, media sensations, the dynamic duo um, Hydra Stomper and Captain Carter just beating up bad guys and becoming close uh, as far as fighting partners and in their personal lives as well. Now, we're already going to go back off the rails because, yes, Danny, you did talk about the pacing, but that you didn't get to exactly where I wanted to get to with it. Okay. So I forgive you for, for <laughs> stopping where you did. I'm cool with it. I think to, to uh, an answer to the pacing question about this show and what I assume is going to happen in the other episodes of this show, I, I personally, I love a slow-paced story for the most part. I, I like when a story takes its time and explains everything to me like I'm 5. I don't care. I don't care. I just like I like when things are like a slow burn. A lot of times when things are too fast-paced, I am like, we didn't spend enough time with thing X Y or Z. Like I really would have liked more time with that. So, in most cases, I would be put off by pacing that is this speed as well. I think because it's a story that we already know most of the skeleton for, it's it's not a big deal, and I think it works for this show. But the thing that kind of cropped up in my mind, thinking about that, we always go back to, you know the further we get into the MCU, we always say stuff like, could somebody j- like drop in right here in this spot for their first time? Could they watch Infinity War and have not seen anything else and be totally cool and understand? I don't know if this show is going to have these really fast-paced slightly different versions of the stories that we already know. I don't know if people are going to be able to jump in and feel satisfied with the show because of how fast-paced it is and just kind of like, I don't even know if it's, I'd call it a requirement, but I, I kind of feel like it is. Like, I, if I wouldn't have known the Captain America story at least well enough to give you cliff notes, like, I would have probably not liked this episode at all. I agree. I agree. I but I think
2: so one of the one of the things we talked about is the stuff that is quote unquote fine, and some of that I think comes from I, I'm sure they spent money on this, but intentionally a lower budget than, you know, an MCU film would have. And there's nothing wrong with that. But partly because I think this is not supposed to capture an audience like the MCU film. I think this is a a niche niche product for a niche audience. Um so I think you're correct. A whole bunch of people, this is not for them. I don't think it's supposed to be for everyone. I think it's supposed to be for us.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just find that weird that uh, it feels like at this point, the MCU direction is trying to market toward everybody, you know, like it doesn't feel like they're necessarily doing anything that is No, this is just for the, the hardcore fans, like put on your put on your metal outfit and let's. Let's go to a let's go to a rave. I don't know. I, what am I saying? I'm just saying. You didn't
1: get that email from Kevin Feige.
0: I didn't. I need to get on his mailing list, I guess. <laughs> Dear fellow Marvel employee. I'm not a Marvel employee. But I I don't know. I, I don't feel like much of anything else has been like, nah, this isn't really for you. This is for this secluded group over here.
2: I, I think you're right that there has not been maybe anything else that is only for Pete for the already initiated, but I think A, there's probably a large enough already initiated stall base that they're probably safe doing some stuff for that audience. Um, and B, I, I just, so this is where they start. If they're going to start doing things, if if the MCU is going to be as gigantic as it's trying to be, then if they try and rehash things every single time they do something else, then you risk losing some audience as well. At some point you got to balance, you know, how many how much are we going to assume you know and how much are we going to assume you don't and as it gets larger they're going to have to start with the assumption somewhere and if this is the point this is the point i this episode i think would drag if they were um starting from square one of we're gonna re-explain captain america for you so you can understand this cartoon i think this cartoon is oh, done yeah, yeah. you have seen captain america i don't and, want that either yeah i don't, I
0: don't think, want that
3: And we didn't really talk about it in the beginning of this, like, rehash of the episode, but, like, he did actually, Uatu the Watcher did actually give us kind of a really short synopsis of who Steve Rogers is, Mm -hmm. what he did for the MCU as we currently know it, and then kind of launching into, you know, this difference, this choice that was made that changed everything into a branched off universe. So he he kind of did give some backstory in the beginning of who Captain America was and and who Steve Rogers was. So I I don't know. And on some level I feel like it's perfectly fine to follow along with if you haven't seen anything, but I also I think it's the percentage of people watching this who have not seen any Marvel stuff before is very 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 small.
1: <laughs> yeah, and since this is on Disney Plus, Captain America, the first Avengers, right
0: there for you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. you know. Was that the... Um, I don't think I made it all the way to the end of the credits. Was that the like suggested viewing afterward? Mine no, was Loki. Loki, was. Loki yeah. uh-huh. I mean, was I, I made... guess that kind of makes sense, too. Like, yeah. hey, you want to know how we got here? Watch all of Loki. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah.
2: They, Maybe it'll have the t- opposite
1: effect. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, they kind of did, you know, like, after some episodes of WandaVision they suggested Age of Ultron so mm-hmm. it's like they could have yeah, really they could have done Captain America and that and ended nice... up
2: twi- trending on Twitter because I yeah. don't know <laughs> it was a Twitter trend of, because Twitter... Uh, Disney Plus viewers are impressed, that actually... <laughs> impressed. Impressive, oh, okay. and then then I went in and I could not find anyone actually impressed but
0: <laughs> well yeah I mean we knew that I wonder so... if it'll have the opposite effect of like because there is that like small little tidbit of info that the watcher gives, maybe people, if it's their first time, maybe that will inspire them to go, well, what actually happened? And then go watch captain mm-hmm. America and then analyze the differences like a lunatic, like we do.
3: <laughs> well, didn't you guys say that? I mean, aren't there people who they watched WandaVision without seeing anything else? And that yes. kind of inspired them to go back and watch the movies. Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, And I do think WandaVision stands on its own way better than this does. I think part Mm -hmm. of one of the reasons this is animated is because they're able to put it out with fewer resources, Not, not cheap. This was not cheap animation, but fewer resources than a whole studio production
0: um recreating the sets and then trying to get certain scenes like scene by scene exactly as the previous to a point you know yeah so it
2: allows us to give uh the addicts their fix uh with a little bit less investment
3: it's Hmm. funny uh oranges i thought you were going to have a problem with the montage did you have a problem with the montage because i feel like i was having like memories of our first avenger episode and i feel like you had a problem with that montage or am i misremembering
0: (laughs) i to be honest it was so long ago like we joke about the rewatch of the rewatch but i kind (laughs) of i I might need to do it to know i i think if i didn't like it in the movie it was probably because of also because of a pacing thing i Mm -hmm. assume because Uh, typically i feel weird about montages but i think because this is a story of a story we already know i i didn't feel that weird about it and i liked a lot of the whatever music was playing i don't remember what it was but i liked that in the action sequences in that montage like she was hitting to the beat of the music like it was very satisfying
3: i loved the music i -hmm.
0: did too great scene so yeah i didn't i didn't dislike that montage um I will say it was not a note that you put in that episode. I, I didn't. I Jeez. agree with you. How, how do you have access to that, this, Bob?
1: Did you, yeah. even, did you take notes on every episode? Uh,
0: Patron
2: Bob... Well, I thought the Avengers level... Does
1: do you refer to level...
0: yourself as Patron Bob? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if we should have Hold this on. guy back. Patron Bob don't like <laughs> stairs!
2: Does the Avengers level... Uh, patron patron get you access to all the show notes because if not patron Bob's got access to something patron <laughs> Bob's not supposed to have
3: oh, it does act by patron Bob
0: yeah I feel like you're secretly like a covert agent of some variety by Bob's the agent. way I'm not Bob's editing, editing this
3: out I want this on record
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I you, do if, too listeners if anything mysterious happens to us start with patron Bob <laughs> Uh I forgot to. T- hey uh, forget, uh forget you heard that Bob
3: I think some ASMR.
2: Oh,
1: well, I was, mean, that's my
0: thing. I do ASMR. Do the you want ASMR. me to do ASMR? <laughs> okay, sorry. All right. We're going back. We're going back just to get derailed 10 seconds later. The Howling Commandos, which we all know a lot about without any explanation, they are now <laughs> formed in this universe. And they follow Peggy and Steve to capture a train, which Intel suggests is carrying the Red Skull. Ooh. <laughs> Billy. Bucky falls from the train but is rescued by Peggy and he remarks, I love this line that yeah. she nearly tore his arm off. What a good bit of it's not really foreshadowing is it? It's, it's side shadowing? Yeah <laughs> af- after shadowing?
1: <Alt-shadowing. laughs> oh yeah you... but that uh, uh. I did like that line but that is one that stuck out to me He's like, thanks, you almost ripped my arm off It's just like the way I don't know. Yeah, the way I think there's just like sometimes the voice acting and the animation didn't always yeah. match up.
0: But I would have liked that to death. Have you seen that TikTok um, where in Falcon in the Winter? So I keep talking about this show that we all felt weird about. Um, <laughs> they, they have the fight with the Dora Milaje and uh, the Walk the Moon song. Shut up and dance with me is playing. <laughs> and she pokes him in the arm and the music goes, she took my arm. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of would have liked for when Bucky said, you almost ripped my arm off for the screen to like pause on his face. And he does like a little smirk <laughs> at the camera. And you hear like, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. like the Thomas, the tank engine. I don't know. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. The train is a trap. Oh my and Rogers <laughs> encounters a cabin full of dynamite. I didn't mention this, but yeah, Steve flies to the front of the train to try to kind of like push it. You know, he's gonna, like, Just give him a little push, a little push it. Uh, And then the train explodes. It derails the train and it buries the Hydra Stomper under an avalanche. Very sad. Um, But, you know, a lot of Bucky parallels there. Things happening to not Bucky.
1: Yeah, I thought we were going to get the Winter Rogers.
0: (laughs) I kind of thought that too. Yeah, I was surprised when we found Steve again later that he was just intact. (laughs) Sleeping Um, around. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's some more differences coming up, too, that you want to talk about. So a despondent Peggy interrogates Zola. He says, you're not going to get anything from me, and she gets everything from him. That is similar (laughs) to the movie I I remember. Learns that he intends to use the Tesseract recovered from the Hydra Stomper to open a portal across space and use a being on the other side of space to conquer or destroy the world. Why, Danny? (laughs) Yeah, I
1: don't... I don't understand why the plans changed from, uh, from this universe <laughs> to the Prime universe.
0: Yeah, this so, is your hangup. This is a better yeah, one than mine. The,
2: the,
1: the weaponry, you know, that was a pretty good plan. It definitely could wipe out any other forces by using Tesseract-powered weapons. So I don't know why the reds was like, hmm, let's summon this giant tentacle being from another dimension that... Yeah, pretending. I'll probably be able to control it. I'm sure I won't have any issues with this huge <laughs> monster. Uh, I, I, Yeah, it's going to take over the world, I guess. That was the plan? Was just going to just like spread out and they could either conquer it or destroy the world? I don't know why. It's like, yeah, I guess it's a good backup. If I can't control it, nobody can. I don't know. I guess... Um...
0: I don't need a plan. I have a Hydra. <laughs> I have a Hydra.
1: Yeah, um, that was... I don't know. There's no explanation for it. I just that was it's kind of like the fridge logic. I watched it. I didn't have any issues with it. Then I started thinking about it. It's like, what was what was the end goal here, at Red Skull? Like, you you should have seen this coming.
3: Do you think well, the tentacled being was his like Plan B?
1: <laughs> maybe like,
3: yes. the that's the weapons didn't work out. <laughs> that's how it read to me that it was
2: plan his Plan B, but.
1: Kind of but, yeah, I don't point,
2: why did he have to go to plan B? Yeah, why did plan right. A <laughs> Not only that, and, and I will admit, until Danny brought this up, I didn't even think about it. But now that he's brought it up, like, oh my god, absolutely, what is happening here? Not I mean, that, I guess... he's got a weapon. He's got the Hydra Smasher now. Like, what's, what's this? Use that! <laughs> <Yeah>. no,
3: <laughs>
1: Start building um, I, I guess maybe since Zola was in custody he lost his like lead scientist, but I mean, surely they were far enough along in the development of the weapons.
0: Right. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's just, (laughs) you see, well, Zola was there with the Tesseract to help the weapons before. Right. And they just got the Tesseract. Yeah. So So... there was never a point where he was working with it.
2: Yeah. I think that's true, but I still, but I still, who came up
1: with the portal plan then?
2: It still feels like a shift, right? Exactly, and it just numbskull. Like
0: I'm sorry, red skull. Yeah.
2: I think we're supposed to infer that the portal plan is because he looked at the woodwork from Norway and it had the the tentacles coming out, but it still had to build the portal. Zart Arnim's not there. I
3: wait. But, that here. was on the wooden thing. I thought that was Yggdrasil, the 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 tree. It
0: yeah. Maybe he thought the here. tree roots were tentacles no, there was maybe, uh, the, a few maybe times the person who in... watched
2: the show had it mis- or the movie had it mistaken and put it in the show <laughs>
1: they're like yeah that's a big tentacle thing right like, no, that, that's a tree that's a tree you've seen trees proof. before right <laughs> no in in this episode they did show a few shots it was like mm-hmm. a, a circle and it had like the tentacles like and it has the out of tesseract it. in the middle but mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean it show was there but they yeah. like focused yeah. on the portal thing a few times but uh, um, so i guess the ancient Like, the Norse people
2: knew about... I don't know. So, I do have the explanation, (laughs) You see, the the plan was the weapons and everything. That was originally going to be the plan. But, Peggy stayed downstairs. And when Peggy stayed downstairs, (laughs) that meant that they had to do a portal instead of weapons.
0: And then what happened that we didn't see is she had to go to the enchantment under the sea dance, which took place in 1985. <laughs> so she had to travel. She had to actually leave the tentacle portal in 1985 to dance with her dad at that and make her dad fall in love with her mom. And it and was rock and
2: roll. And-
0: yeah, it was, no one was ready for it, but the kids are going to love it. And then she gets back in the portal and okay, I'm skipping ahead.
1: I had a, another thing that I just remembered so, uh with the, the the Norway stuff. So this takes place in 1943 mm-hmm. and at one point when they're like briefing about the uh the Nazis invading Norway, the, um Bradley Whitford's character is like the Nazis are in Norway now, but in in real life in real history, the Nazis invaded Norway in 1940,
0: 3 years prior.
2: It's possible he's a terrible general and doesn't I know mean, what's <laughs> happening in Europe. Like <laughs>
0: It's that smile that changed everything.
2: Yeah, so there's just a
1: lot of like well, unspoken differences between this the universe.
0: <laughs> here's the deal: the Nazis
2: were in Norway. Then Peggy stayed downstairs, the Nazis <laughs> and then they
1: just
0: left. weren't Norway, there anymore. Then went back in. Wow, we need a what if for the what if to just explain. Bob
3: has cracked the code.
0: Man, you're good. We should have you on more episodes. All right, so now we've got Peggy, the Howling Commandos. No Steve Rogers, and, but she brings along Howard Stark because he can push a button really well. <laughs> hey. And they storm the Hydra Castle to try and stop Red Skull's plans, whatever they might be. Who knows? They get through the guards, but not before Red Skull opens the portal with the Tesseract to show us the giant tentacle Eldritch Horde calamari. Uh, Stark and Carter arrive just in time to watch a tentacle just literally crush Red Skull while he is celebrating. Don't you love when assholes are like <laughs> celebrating, they give you a preemptive gg and then they lose immediately? <laughs> that was satisfying. Stark reverses the portal to begin pulling the creature back through it and Peggy finds a broadsword. I found Okay, I got to pin in that for a second and starts hacking away the tentacles but ends up subdued just as Steve arrives and rescues her. Hey. Um asking, "Did you miss me?" and she says every second. That's very cute. I like the inclusion of the broadsword. I feel like that's going to confuse some nerds because there is a Captain Britain in Marvel Comics who is not Peggy Carter, who is Betsy Braddock, and she sometimes wields a sword, a magic sword, and goes by Captain Britain. So we've got Captain Carter, who is from the UK, and wears the Union Jack wielding a sword Mike can I feel like there are gonna be people out there on Twitter that is like Captain Britain confirmed. They combined I, the two characters. I was also... just gonna say I don't
3: I don't <laughs> want this to get she's not you know, really ruffled. She's not wearing leather. green,
0: it's, it's
3: just, okay. <laughs> this is MCU again smushing some characters together to make one. <laughs> I know I
0: think you might be right on that. I just I, it's it's just a it's a cool and kind of like uh weird inclusion because I feel like Captain Britain, both Betsy and um, what's the guy Captain Britain's name? Does anybody know? I did. Is it? I mean, he's a Braddock too. Something else. Mister Braddock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it I feel is like Brian. Brian. <laughs> I wanted. I that wanted to say that, but it, it felt wrong. Um, I like. I feel like they're popular enough that maybe they'll. Pop up in the MCU at some point, but also I didn't know his name without your help just now. So maybe
1: um,
0: before we move on, I just
1: wanted to say to you, oranges, that just because a woman is wielding the sword doesn't mean you have to call it a broadsword.
0: <laughs> a dame sword. I'm sorry.
2: And I'm gonna point out. I'm gonna point out that you, Danny, wrote the words in his notes that he's reading. So,
0: damn, Danny. Uh.
2: <laughs> I can't be held responsible for this.
0: <laughs> I can't be held responsible. Okay, I will so say the I, monster...
2: Well, as long as we're <laughs> on this derailment, I will say I uh, know it's surprising from a Zelda nerd. I don't know if you guys know I'm a Zelda nerd. Um, watching a...
0: Uh, I just know you're uh, a patron.
2: Watching a kick-ass woman running around hacking things with a sword and shield was actually really fun. Highlighted the episode.
0: Zelda is my favorite sword-wielding uh, video game hero. Yeah. Uh, so the monster starts to fight... The collapse of the space field, and Peggy uses her shield to push it back through. She tells Steve, "I have to. I can end this." While he cries out, "You owe me a dance lesson," and she responds, "Yes, Saturday night." Before disappearing with the monster through that collapsing portal. That's all. It was really neat
2: there, about. the way he just uh, flipped her words right back around on her.
0: Yeah the the Marvel callback, as you will. Auditory Dame, you have some some. Um, some nice things to say about Peggy We know that you're a big Peggy fan uh, and I think yes. this I think this show this episode, yes, it kind of it flips the narrative a little of what could happen but it doesn't really change Peggy as a character right
3: right yeah it just I think this show confirms what we already knew about her but it's cool to see it like broadcast to the world in this format um, which is that she was always such a good person that she she could have gotten the serum that they had a choice to make her the super soldier instead of steve and it's funny to me except not at all and completely you know tracks with how women were treated and perceived in the 40s you know that they went through all this trouble to try to recruit some man to to be the super soldier. You know, they went through that whole selection process, seeing, you know, who would be the best fit for it and all of that. When she was right there the whole time, <laughs> you know, wanting to do more for the effort, the war effort. And, you know, clearly it was to, in their eyes, like not even an option to to pick her, um, but they could have. And this this confirms it, that, you know, Dr. Erskine says like the serum amplifies what kind of person you are if you're a bad person it makes bad worse if you're a good person it makes a good person you know great and that's what it did for her just like it did for steve in the mcu we know and it it's interesting too that um her turning out to be the super soldier and be captain carter i feel like made a lot of things turn out better (laughs) than they did when Steve became Captain America. Like, for example, you know, with her, she was able to uh, catch Bucky, hang on to Bucky, so that he didn't fall into the abyss and become the Winter Soldier, you know, decades later. Granted, we might see, you know, maybe in these other What If episodes, we might see, like, the ripple effects of her being Captain Carter, you know, that other horrible things might be a result of it, you know, just as bad as what happened after Steve became Captain America, but I just thought that was interesting. And also I would love to get a shot of her wielding Mjolnir <laughs> against Thanos in the future. Cool, yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I just, I thought this was a cool love letter to her character and um it was cool to, if this is the last time we see her, this was a neat kind of last moment of Peggy Carter that she Gets to wield the shield and and be the super soldier and kick some butt.
2: So, in your opinion, did she handle the serum better than John Walker?
3: That's a tough one, but yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Patron Bob asking the real tough questions here. <laughs> uh, I agree. I you know I liked um, I liked the way that she handled the way the U.S. military. Was sexist. Like the them being sexist part wasn't great, but the way she handled it was like admirable, and I like that she kind of flipped that uh, Marvel callback in the one of the final scenes where that general like tries to butt in on their plan, and she's like, "You're lucky to be in the room." Like That's I was great. like, "Ooh, mm, you mm-hmm. want some some burn heal for that? What a weird Pokemon reference." I but <laughs> <laughs> but I liked that. It's like the way they did that. So Peggy is good. Agreed. In conclusion. In conclusion. conclusion. Welcome to our TED Talk. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up here. Uh, decades later, the te- the Tesseract opens a portal in S.H.I.E.L.D.'s remote research base uh, where, where Loki kind of popped out in our actual timeline. And Captain Carter jumps through as a pile of severed tentacles falls to the ground. I used to play bass for severed tentacles. She encounters <laughs> Clint Barton and Nick Fury and asks both of them where Steve Rogers is. Fury responds by saying that the war ended 70 years ago. And although she is, you know, sad about not seeing Steve, she outwardly expresses happiness that they won. But again, we see those two characters, just the, the script kind of flips. They they just miss out on that time they could have spent together because one of them saved the world.
3: I'll admit I was a little that disappointed that she didn't get the same line of, you know, I had a date. Hmm. I thought they were going to use it. And
2: on my rewatch, I thought, oh, I probably just be- missed it. I probably just remember wrong. They must have used it. It is stunning to me that they didn't use that line.
3: Yeah.
0: That would have been so clutch. Why didn't uh-huh. they do
2: that?
3: Yeah, it's it's weird to me that she said, yeah, we won the war. And like like you said, you know, clearly she was sad while she said that. And we all know it's because, you know, she can't be with Steve anymore. But like... It's not the same. Like, and I don't even know that I truly believe Peggy would have said that in that moment.
0: Yeah, how does she know they won the war? She came out seventy years later into a room with two humans in it that she doesn't (laughs) know. Like, how does she know they won? Also true. I I I agree with you. I think that I had a date would have been a much better Mm -hmm. much better line and a Mm -hmm. cool callback and not an assumption about how the war was handled. But that wraps up episode one, the 33 minutes with the credits episode one. uh, I didn't mention that when I was talking about pacing. But when I saw 33 minutes, knowing that all of these shows have had like six minutes of credits, I was like, (laughs) the fuck? What what is this? Uh, But we've already talked about that. Now, one thing that I found interesting and we're going to talk about now, I want to see what you guys think, is obviously we have seen about 30 minutes of what things would have changed with ripple effects and blah, blah, blah with this small change that the Watcher described at the beginning and how and how Captain Carter would have uh, proceeded, right? But how do we think the ripple effects of the episode as a whole would impact the MCU as we know it now? The thing that I thought about uh, goes back to the Hydra Stomper. Does this scenario mean that... Steve Rogers really is the first Iron Man, although he isn't the one making the Iron Man suit technology like Tony Stark does, like right. maybe he is like James Rhodes as far as Howard Stark makes him the suits and uh Steve Rogers pilots the suits. So I'm I'm curious how like that's kind of what I was missing from this show is I I want to know everything that changed. Like I don't I just don't I don't want to know just the events of the Captain America story. I want to know like everything from this point forward. And that's kind of what stuck out in my mind is, I wonder who is Iron Man? Is there an Iron Man? Because Mm -hmm. that was Steve from the 1940s. So it would have to probably be a different person now, right? Unless there's like a 80 year old flying around in an Iron Man suit.
3: Yeah, because that for sure has to change what Tony Stark ends up being in this series because his whole claim to fame in the MCU is that he built this suit from a box of scraps in the (laughs) desert and um
0: you really looked like you wanted to go for it (laughs) but you like held back
3: (laughs) um and i feel like a lot of what tony grapples with in the mcu is living in the shadow of his father and now in this show his father has already built this suit so where does that leave Tony, mm-hmm. like, what is what does he come up with? Does he come up with just next editions of that suit? Or right. is he going to have barf. his own thing?
0: <laughs> he just makes barf. He, he makes barf. barf, yeah. Holland,
3: and interesting, too, that where we leave it is the Tesseract opens up that portal. Or, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. How are they able to open the portal... So, so they have the Tesseract, Fury, and, yes. and Shield. They have it. Okay. Yeah, they have. So just they have like it in the in same Avengers. setup as
2: Avengers. Yes.
3: They right. So they open the portal. So instead of Loki coming out, it's Peggy. Right.
2: And you know so, something I think we've never really talked about. How exactly do they open that? Does so? Loki comes through because someone else opens it because it's a door. It opens on both sides. I have now gone through the entire MCU and until this moment have not thought about. Wait, who opened it? How?
3: I think it was the Tesseract kind of on its own. It's like when Selvig has lines about how the Tesseract is behaving. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it kind of does that on its own somehow.
2: Interesting. Which means, Interesting. I guess, then Peggy did that, or maybe maybe they activated it and brought Peggy in. I don't...
0: No, it's. I mean, if that's the logic, then the Tesseract would have been like, all right, I'm done with you, and then spat Peggy out. Bam. Yeah, like, so
3: like then is there no like airball? Is there no Avengers because she comes out, not Loki? Yeah,
2: so that's what I'm wondering. Good point. What has Loki been up to? Will Loki be brought over? Um, Hydra is Hydra a thing? Did Hydra survive like it did in the other universe? I'm um, assuming there is no winter soldier. Uh, so you know, Robert Redford said you shaped the century, but if you know, he didn't get his arm torn off because he was saved by uh, uh, by Peggy. Is there no Winter Soldier shaping this century? Uh, I'm guessing that Shield has had the Tesseract this whole time, so we don't have Captain Marvel. Has Shield been working on weapons this whole time? Have they built stronger um, Hydra smashers? Uh, they use the Tesseract for other things. I just have a lot of thoughts about it. Almost, I don't know what what happened. Like, there's so many. Once you start thinking about what could have happened, there's so many possibilities. Um,
0: and I, I wonder which of them they'll answer. I I want to imagine, not I want to, why did I say it that way? I imagine that half <laughs> of the Avengers that we see in the film don't make it, right? Because we're not going to have a Steve Rogers unless right. Peggy comes out and Loki also shows up. And then they use mm-hmm. Captain Carter in place of Steve Rogers in that mm-hmm. version of the Avengers. So maybe, but we definitely don't have Steve. And we probably don't have Tony if we've decided that, well, he, uh, he already, the suit was already made. So I I wonder if he just ends up having a more well-adjusted relationship with his father. And he's just kind of like a snooty, rich, smart kid, (laughs) you know, like maybe he still develops weapons. So maybe he helps, but I I don't see him piloting a suit.
2: If he doesn't encounter um, Jensen, does he become
0: a selfless, heroic person? Like, and would Thor bother showing up if there's no Loki? Because if Loki doesn't show up, no Avengers get formed. And if Loki doesn't show up, Thor doesn't show up to uh, subdue his brother.
2: I can't speak on this subject because I went to IMDb.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well.
1: <laughs> well, do we know are the is, is this season like are all the episodes going to be following this
2: newly established timeline or I, ah. I was under the impression that they were all like kind of separate stories. I think they might all be self-contained. Now that yeah. I've kind of looked around, I think this was a story, not a beginning of a story, but an end of it, but a self-contained story.
3: I was wondering that too, because mm-hmm. I feel like they've really um hyped up Captain Carter quite a bit and like it's in all the marketing and maybe that was just to hook people in and she truly won't appear again outside of this first episode.
2: Yeah. Watching the episode, it made me feel like they were building something, but having looked around a little bit outside of this episode, I'm not sure they were. I now
3: actually
0: think this was self-contained.
3: Didn't Didn't cool. At least if they have like nods to things that Didn't you say
0: in our, in our chat that they did something weird with her Twitter handle? Was that you uh, the I, I know that the uh the
1: captain America Twitter account like for the film series or whatever it was made for they cha- they didn't change the at Captain America that's still at Captain America, but the like display name was Captain Carter, and like the profile picture and the header picture changed
0: interesting but don't but they have I thought the whole thing was Sam is Captain America right now. And they already have an Agent Carter Twitter handle. So couldn't they have just changed the Agent Carter Twitter handle? Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, I think it was just marketing. I mean, I just put went to Captain America and now it is Sam again. Oh, that was quick. Yeah. Okay. It, it was really just for the
0: what if. They what ifed us in real life. Yeah. Imagine oh, yeah. that happening. <laughs> Imagine. I don't know. That's that's not a good impression. Okay, so... <laughs> I don't even know what that's supposed to be. <laughs> don't even worry about <laughs> <So> the... <laughs> it. So, plenty of ripple effects could happen. Overall, though, how did you guys feel about this episode? Um, since you are our special guest, Patron Bob, why don't you give us uh, your episode rating for What If, Episode 1, What If, Captain Carter, whatever the rest of the title is.
2: I feel so honored. Um, to lead We're off. the first Avenger. Man, this is so. This is what everyone looks forward to on the show, and just to be leading it off on an episode is an honor. Um, I will say, kind of like we went on. Um, this episode was fine. It absolutely met my expectations. Uh, did, which is fine. It's just some extra MCU filler to make me happy when big movies aren't happening. So, not everything has to be a ten. So this rating is what I expected. It means I still liked it, but uh, I am giving it five point five kick-ass women with broadswords out of ten. How about you, Oranges? It feels like you
0: take your rating cues from someone else we've had on the show. Um, I I think I kind of have my my threshold for things that I like just kind of liked is a little bit higher than yours because mm-hmm. like I had fun with this. Um, it was it was a fun alternate story to watch it was cool to think about all the things that i clearly didn't 100 percent remember as well as i should have that were changed so i gave this seven dance lessons out of 10 uh writer danny you are being very mysterious about your rating and am i <laughs> mcguffin
1: i didn't uh oh yeah i didn't add it to the notes
0: i thought you were just you're going to surprise us with like a 10 or something. Zero no. zeros
1: out of zero. <laughs> yes. Oh, you took it right out of my mouth. No, I'm giving this uh, seven and a half orders of interdimensional calamari. <laughs> uh, like you you said, I enjoyed it. Good stuff. Fun to watch. Nothing earth shattering. I'm, I'm expe- kind of expecting uh, this to be the how I feel about most of the series. It's good. It's fun. I'll keep watching. What about you... Oh, dearest auditory dame.
3: That was weird. Um,
0: it's just her name, Danny. Come on.
1: I couldn't remember. I'm
0: sorry. I'm,
3: uh, say, oh, I'm having, a, I'm having a rough I day. I gave this episode seven sardines short of a can out of uh. ten, which is a totally normal <laughs> thing for Bucky to say. Yeah, Same. It was fine. 7 out of 10 is a C, basically, so that's makes, it, makes sense, and I agree. It's probably about how I'll be feeling for the rest of them. Sticking I don't know why with... I never thought
0: about it like that. 7 <laughs> out of 10 is a C. Yeah, you did yeah, okay. You did. It was average. Good work, champ. C plus, above uh, average. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required. Uh, once again, super stoked that that y'all listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to take that support to the next level, you can visit patreon.com slash assembly required, just like patron Bob has done. Did I do it again?
1: <laughs> no, I just smashed my
0: hand on the desk. <laughs> you already have a bad hand. Don't do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't worry, it was the same Patreon.com <laughs> slash assembly required um we'd love to have you there and in the discord and be able to chat with you big shout out to our avenger level patrons brian riley and of course again patron bob i have just said your name like three times in this outro you're just getting the the big old shout out if you want to email the show you can find us at assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com you know what i was thinking about before i end this i just want to have you ever thought about like if we did just one thing different like where we would be like what if what if happened to assembly required because yeah the way i remember this happening is auditory auditory dame got married to auditory man <laughs> and at the wedding i said auditory dame we should start this podcast and then it just kind of like
3: yeah
0: rippled from there
3: what if you had never asked me
0: what if um we have this friend eduardo who is like gonna be on this for a while what if he asked somebody and what what do you think would be different?
1: Well, the... this
0: isn't a trick question. Like, it's just a, a pondering that I'm having.
2: Maybe I would have been there from the start instead of just brought on this one episode as a guest. Yeah, but then you wouldn't be giving us your money, so <laughs> <laughs> that's fair.
0: That's fair. You know what though? You know he's had a he's been married for a while now. I'm sure at this point he probably would would start missing episodes because of uh, like a pregnancy or something like that. Like maybe they had a child and they. Congratulations,
2: Imaginary Eduardo.
0: Yeah, that would be really <laughs> cool if that happens. Um, just a thought that I was thinking about. Anyways, I don't need to make it awkward. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> uh, as always. <laughs> uh, as always, we'll see you in the next episode. Uh, and we're with you till the end of the line. Bye, everyone. Enough said. Hail,
3: you almost ripped my arm off.
0: Wimity wham wham wazzle.
3: Go there. Whoa.
1: Wow. Hey. Pretty long, eh? Yeah, it's really long. But what did you just turn on
2: with it? Oh, that's just the what if machine I invented. You pose it a what if question, and it generates a video simulation of what would happen. Does it really work? Of course it works. <clears throat> it's just not very long.